0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar schaller Hi everybody, and welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And we're back together again. <laughs> um, before we get into our arcade port spectacular this week, um, we had a lot of feedback based on, um, we were talking about the uh, magazines, yeah, UK gaming magazines. Yeah. And uh, Paul Kitching wrote in, and he said regarding mags for the Spectrum, they had Sinclair User, Your Sinclair, and Crash. But then they had a general multi-platform magazine called Computer and Video Games that was very popular. Um, we had that, didn't we? We had video games and computer entertainment. Oh, that's what so it was, it, They might have even been the same magazine, mm-hmm. you know. Such things happen. Um, and uh, he said that he's actually part of the Reset 64 team. And have you heard of Reset 64? No. This is a new magazine dedicated to the Commodore 64. And so I think that this is even... Uh, he didn't say, but this might even be a paper magazine. Oh, nice. Old school, so. I think the C64 can absolutely support a paper magazine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would be great, and he said that um, there's going to be more news uh, coming up with this. He said he never really had much to do with the C64, so he feels like this is a great time for him to jump right in. You know, there was a lot of, the C64, uh, of course, I concentrate mostly on Amiga news, but occasionally
1: something from the C64 creeps across the desk, and it's interesting. And I've noticed a lot more interest here recently coming my way. I mean, I'm sure there's always a, sub john mm. or whatever going on but there was a story this week on a c64 that's been running the balancing machine in a garage for like 20 years i saw that too years. yeah I, in poland there's a i saw something coming in fact i put this on the on the google plus for uh, these guys that have came up with a hardware solution to plug a usb device you plug into your pc that lets you play uh, commodore music with the original chips wow it's just the, did you see that on the google no plus? i didn't little, see that it's a little bored. You know about yay big uh, and, and you plug it into USB port and it's, it's got the, it's got the chips from the that played the, the Sid music chip the Sid chips, and it plays the natal, wow. natively play the music which that's
0: you know that's super cool
1: that's awesome now now here comes this there's a mag- print magazine coming out so the man the c64 is awful popular so i'm happy to see they're getting some
0: action what's wrong blue screen's acting up i'm a little bit see-through i think and I i'm a think- little bit rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think our fans can live with it. The less they see in me the better. Um so uh and here's another little tidbit from Paul. Uh he enjoyed the Bills video of Amy Party, you know, the Polish Amiga I Love time. that. I love that. Um, I want some of that Polish vodka. Yeah. And I uh, you know who did the logo for Amy Party? Him. Him. Our buddy Paul. <laughs> it did look so sharp. Did. I'm not surprised. Yeah.
1: Um, that video is get all kinds of action. By the way, I mean
0: he's got it's a, such a cool thing. Loads know? and loads of views on yeah, that. It's, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a high comedy for anything. It's very mm-hmm. amusing. <laughs> um, Dreamcatcher wrote in and uh, he said uh, talking about <coughs> multi format UK gaming magazines. Um, he said there was Ace, which stands and, stood for Advanced Computer Entertainment, uh, the one, which yep. I think that there was like the one blah 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 but maybe there was like the one like you've heard of like the one Amiga or something like that right yeah but this was maybe this was like the one comprehensive
1: I know I when when I used to buy Amiga
0: magazines from the UK the
1: one was one
0: that I would pick up occasionally Mm -hmm. um computer and video games (coughs) edge games master and zero So We had a magazine called Edge, didn't we? That was a later magazine. I'm sure that's not the same one. Yeah. I think Edge was... I think that was an import. Was it really? I think so. I think so. I think I may have one of those in my closet. Hmm. closet. I'd love... Man, I know we talk about this all the time, but if I could just not get rid of all the magazines that I've had over the years.
1: I'm the same way. The funny thing is I had a huge collection of PC gamers that I sold and made a pretty penny, I Mm -hmm. might add. But I didn't give a crap about those because PC gaming... Isn't like Amiga gaming. No. I mean, it just—they're kind of really fun to go timeless. back through and look at. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's—it's it's just not the same. I had a nice collection of Amiga magazines and, and Cocoa Coco magazines, and I left them when I moved out of a house. I forgot them in the loft, and I—I assume they're gone. But I really should call these people up and see if they let me get in their loft. <laughs> you know? But and I had a big stack of wrestling magazines. I a huge collection of you, uh, wrestling magazines. When
0: did you leave? Two thousand
1: one. I'm
0: sure 2002 sure they' there. there 15 years no yeah um, bl- not likely I had a bunch of Nintendo power magazines and video games computer entertainment uh, and I sold them I you know when you're when you're younger sometimes you just need money and yeah. yeah but I wish I still had them. well you don't think about magazines yeah and I left I donated a whole stack like this a year's worth of retro gamers uh, when I lived in England, I subscribed to it and was dropped a, was them a off the Oxfam. Yeah, I should have done paid done. to send them home. Yes, but well, living there. All right, site updates this week. Tons of new action on the site. Yeah. Um, Dreamcatcher. This this blew up on Twitter today because one of the original programmers, I'm pretty sure he's one of the original programmers, retweeted it. Mm-hmm. He Found it on our site. Oh, beauty. Uh, there's a platformer by MicroPro Software called Boo. Yeah, I think I mentioned this briefly uh, last week. Okay. Yeah, okay. The, it was like the uh, uh, the was unreleased that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that just blew up on Twitter today. I got on the thing really? and it was like 27 new no- you know notifications awesome. that we've been retweeted. So. Uh, that's cool. Uh, Xerox Morphs in Ditto Land. Another that one was, of these. I had to say that I, that I found that interesting uh, and amusing. This time he covers a whole bunch of games. Street Fighter, yeah. God, Smash TV. The God's one was... I've never yeah. seen that one. <laughs> it was unreal. Um, and this I thought I'd just read this verbatim. Galaxia Software's 1994 puzzler Ardvarks is fundamentally lemming, sprite-swapped with... Go on, guess. I dare you. Notably, it stars the aardvark the Ardvark nemesis poster boy Cyril Sneer from the 80s Canadian Raccoons cartoon. Have you ever heard of the Canadian Raccoons not, cartoon? Not, was that in Canada or in the UK? I, I don't know, but Cyril Sneer, that sounds like a very British um, It does. I, nemesis. I touch a pretty good bad guy name. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and today, hot off the press, Will Williams has published his latest... Uh, magnum opus on our site oh I haven't even seen that one yet it's a whole article about how you can create your own virtual reality world with uh, the Vista Pro software on the Amiga I used to use Vista Pro believe it or not that is a piece of software that I
1: have used and boy have have, have you ever had a a go at it this was the first I'd ever heard of it really Mm -hmm. Um, what a uh, I mean when this first came out man was I blown away (laughs) I uh, I'd never seen anything like it. It uh, uh, even a dullard like myself could use it, and you made some awesome looking like you know awesome looking worlds. You could show them how mountainous it was, mm-hmm. and you know, and man, it was it was really neat, neat, neat program. Yeah,
0: so he takes you all through you know how to get it set up, and uh, it's really amazing. Of course, it's accompanied by another one of his great videos too. Yeah, so make yeah. sure and check that out. Yeah, yeah, he always has good stuff. What news hath ye?
1: Well, a uh, few follow-ups uh, to some stuff I mentioned last week uh, well, with the vampire team. Uh, the uh, the word I had last week when I went to when I went to press, as it were, was that uh, the project was in trouble. I mean, effectively, um, one of the fellows had was done. Mm. Um, the other fellow that really is the head guy is this guy named like, it's like Majeska. Uh, he is. Uh, Keeping the ball rolling. In fact, he put out a video this week demonstrating the five the five hundred version, uh, going into great detail, and uh, uh, put a lot of stuff on his blog. Had an interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy that the team put some, uh, put some of the boards up on eBay. Oh yeah. To sell ahead of orders, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he's pretty honest. That it's it's money that mm-hmm. you know. The uh, the they need money yeah pure and simple. Um, they were selling these things very cheaply and now they're not, and they need because the project can't continue with with their current profit margin. Mm-hmm. I mean, effectively, but they, it looks like they is, it is going to continue. Uh, <clears throat> he uh, he also went into a. Uh, it's funny. I just before I came over for this show, I, I just happened to be messing around and I saw that he put a blog up. And it was a blog on his. It was just his adventures of trying to get boxes made for his, to ship this stuff in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, nice black boxes. Mm-hmm. And I read it, read it, read it. And you have to go to read it yourself. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But it's it talks about how crooked and difficult and backwards his area
0: is. This uh, is in, <clears throat> is this in Russia, Poland? Uh, it's it's
1: it's not, it's somewhere, I think it's like, you know, I'm not 100% sure exactly where it is. Is it Bosnia or something like okay. that? Eastern Europe. Yeah, but he, he thought he's like, everyone's corrupt, the government's corrupt, our votes don't matter because people vote for the same people every time, they always get in, they'll work for us. It was just like, I, it was like he lived in like in Charleston. <laughs> it looked like something that a West Virginian would have wrote. And we, I've had the exact same feelings. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to compare Eastern Europe's, the worst parts to you but I mean, if anyone can, if any, the good old perf- voice system is alive and well. Well, it's like I put it. It's like I put on the post that I wrote. If anyone can understand your, uh, mm. the plight of this fellow, it's a West Virginian, mm. uh, and uh, so my heart goes out to him. Yeah. All he wanted to do was have some boxes made. It's just a, it's a colossal failure. So it was pretty. That was pretty interesting. But uh, so I guess the vampire, much like a real vampire, refuses to die, <laughs> and and is is out loud. wow. It's from your way. Um, and there's a link to a video of the demonstration on the Google Plus site. Um, the uh, I mentioned the uh, Xid USB. By the way, that's a picture of it right there. I don't know if you can see it on, on the on the thing, but uh, it's a little it's a little board, and it's gonna play Sid music. Kind of neat. Uh, right. Just today, I noticed that a couple new uh, CD32 compilation just came out. Remember, a month or two ago, we did a uh, story on the fighting the fighter game compilation disc. Right. Mm-hmm. That one's been reissued with an updated menu and some games that are d- different. It's Supposed to be real nice. So I've linked that up on Google Plus. And also today, and I know you're gonna like this one. He's put they've put out a golf compilation uh, with the seven golf games. Wow, on I one do disc. love golf games. You know, and including it, your, uh, I believe one of your favorites. And then you do Nick Faldo. Yeah, one Nick Faldo's championship. It made, golf? it made the cut. Also, links is on there. And uh, world class leaderboard, which is one of my favorite. We need to do
0: that at some. Yeah,
1: point. so we, we, we have had very a little golf on our mm-hmm. show. Um, I'm going to start doing like a featured site of the week uh, on the Google Plus. Uh, I picked one this week. It's uh, called AmigaBlogs.net. Uh, I, I like. I'll, it's a good read. You know, I mean, everyone knows about the big ones, Indy Richard, you know, Indy News, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But so I'm going to try to feature some little Amiga sites that I've just stumbled across. Just because, you might want to feature us one week. Huh?
0: You might want to feature us one week.
1: Well, you know we know us. <laughs> Silly. But uh, So, I'm going to try to find some stuff. I, it's funny. I come across these things, and they're if you just Google Amiga or whatever, you're not going to find them. You really have to kind of dig, mm-hmm. and they're current. It's not like this stuff's like 20 years old, so mm-hmm. I thought, heck, I might as well put some of this stuff up and share that. So, there'll be some sites coming up, but this it's a, that's this week's site, and uh, you can check it out if you want. That's pretty
0: much all I got. Awesome. Awesome. Well... It's time to go for the game. So, just to give you a recap, uh, if you missed last week's show, you <laughs> didn't miss anything. Yeah, because we didn't know what we, we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. And then we and then we announced something we
1: didn't <laughs> do. So we were really <laughs> so going. we
0: were going to do a game called Little Devils. Little Devil, singular. Um, I watched a playthrough of this game, and I, I'm kind of glad that we didn't do it because there's not a lot not a lot there. I'm looking forward to trying it. I've got it.
1: I own the game. You know, The reason it popped into my head is someone told me. That a copy of Little Devil for the uh, CD32 has, was recently sold for $158, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember that there was quite a bit of hype surrounding this game when it came out. I, despite the fact that I own it, I've not once ever played it, and a lot like the football game we did, mm-hmm. also, you know. So, uh, it will be revisited as soon as I figure out a proper way to, for both to be able to play it. Because it's not supported on... It doesn't have a WHD load,
0: and I hear it's a little flaky on, on emulation. I watched the full playthrough of the game. Well, it's a three-hour playthrough. Yeah. So, um, and. Um, it's got some awesome animation. It does. It's it's very Dragon's Lair-esque in its animations. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we, we changed our mind. Tell them what we're doing. So instead, um, we've wanted to do an Amiga Arcade Port show forever. And these are not clones. This is not Donkey King or anything like that. These that's that's are, another show. Yeah, That, that will make. happen. Uh, this, These are official arcade ports that were released for the Amiga. Yeah, and we both picked what? You, I we mean, both picked pick? three. Okay, that's what I picked. Yeah. I picked three. And so what we'll do is we'll just kind of go back and forth um, and talk about each <laughs> game. And uh, then after we get done, we'll play them on the live stream. Yeah. And uh, on the live stream, also, we're gonna play the actual real main versions, the arcade versions too, so we can compare how they how they stand up. Yeah, it should be it, this for once. The live stream should actually be informative. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> just watch those fumble <laughs> around like idiots. We
0: stink at everything. Speaking of which, we got another comment on our flashback video that basically was just like, "You guys, you don't know how to play this game. No. You're idiots." Yeah, and that's that's correct. He's right. <laughs> um, so you want to go first? Uh, sure. Okay. Now I,
1: I. Thanks to the English Amiga boards. Yippee. Love them. Love them. Love them. Hi, everybody. That's that's just, where we, that's, I need to post more. That's where Dreamcatcher hails from. Um, well, that doesn't surprise me. There's, <laughs> they're a great bunch. Anyway, uh, about uh, four years ago, someone decided to post a list of every game ported to the Amiga from the arcade. Now, this list was almost complete. There was a couple I thought were borderline that I've added, uh, and... Uh, I looked at this list and I thought, well, there's a lot of good material here. So I thought to start off, because we, we we were talking about doing a several of these shows, you know, sprinkle them in, in sometimes. And so I thought to start off, I'm gonna only pick games. I went through the list and picked out only games, arcade games that I had personally owned. And so I thought this is a good way to start because I have a pretty good understanding of, of what the games are. So, um, and this was way, way back, but once a long time ago, me and my brother owned a Gauntlet 2. <clears throat> and so that was the first game I picked. Uh, Gauntlet 2 uh, was an Atari game. It was a sequel to Gauntlet. Uh, it was a, uh, uh, you know, it's been around, Gauntlet's around forever. What year,
0: what year did it come out in the arcade?
1: In the arcade, I'm not sure. It came out on the Amiga in 89. Okay. <clears throat> I would say it came out 87, 87, something like that. Yeah. Um, it was one disc. The, uh, it was uh, published by US Gold uh, in the UK, uh, and one thing I liked about it <clears throat> was, and I remember playing this once I loaded it up, I remembered it from way back, and there's a reason, which I'll get into, but one thing about this game that was neat is that it's one of the few games that has four-player support. If you have the, uh, little parallel joystick thing, it supports it, and I read reports of people playing it like that and it worked great, they said it was really good. Um, it, the, uh fellow that coded it, it's a guy named Richard Costello, and he actually coded a lot of other games that are on the list, of the arcade list. He did Golden Axe, he did Hot Rod, he did both the Mortal Kombat's, he did Primal Rage, he did Terminator Two. So he did quite a few games, uh, and uh, uh, especially some high, some pretty high-profile stuff. So he's a pretty good coder. Um, if you've never played Gauntlet or Gauntlet Two, these were probably the original quarter suckers, right? You could, you could pay to continue, mm-hmm. the, uh, in the arcade you had four players, the original and the second one were virtually identical except the second was spiced up a little bit, but I mean, I think the second, the, uh, I don't know if the second one was a conversion, it probably was the first one, I'm pretty sure you could, it was a board swap, uh, but uh, you could play one of four characters and it's a top down maze uh, that you run through, uh, you've got a button to shoot uh, your weapon you go around and you and you go through this like dungeon. You fight uh, ghosts and skeletons and uh, warlocks and you know all sorts of typical Dungeons and Dragons type bad guys. You collect keys to open doors. Uh, you can get food and uh, part of the fun of this game is in multiplayer you have to share everything and so. You can decide if your buddy is going to make it to the next level or not. <laughs> you can also shoot things that are important. So, right, don't shoot the food. It's got. I mean, if you've ever heard, "Elf needs food badly." That's mm-hmm. a that's a direct quote from this game.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think in the arcade version, they were actually voice samples, right?
1: Well, they are in this too. Are
0: they too? Okay. Yeah, but that we'll, we'll get to that. I got a lot to say <laughs> about that.
1: Uh, but it's a colorful game. Atari did real well with it. You could you could put money in to continue. And it went on for I don't I, I think it has an end but it's like hundreds of, of levels, and they can get real difficult and there are some uh, bad guys in it that just can't be killed. Uh, and so there's some strategy to who, how you unlock stuff. There's floor traps that if you step on you get hurt. Uh, you know it's it was actually pretty clever. I guess the you know what it reminds me it was like a, a very primitive Diablo or something. Sure. an Overhead mm-hmm. sort of view.
0: And actually, it's definitely <laughs> a click. Or button press heavy experience. Yeah, you know, you you're, use the joystick instead of the mouse, mashing but, away on that. Pack. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, yeah, and and then there, there are gener- there are little things on the screen usually a stack of bones that would generate the bad guys that are coming at you. So you have to wade through all the bad guys, then blow up the thing that's generating them. You know, uh, and uh, yeah, this
0: is also kind of the the first game where you could really say it's like a monster closet type experience where you go into a room and enemies just start pouring out. Yeah, you know,
1: and, it, it is, and it's panic mode. Mm-hmm. And when you need that uh, ale or that food that's sitting there and your buddy needs it, sometimes you just have to give him the old boots, <laughs> you know, and, and go after it. But, uh, uh, so I, me and my brother owned this, like I said, it was really a I didn't even know you owned this This game. was a long time ago. And it actually came in a, uh, it actually came as a, someone had converted it over to a volleyball game. Believe really? it or not. Okay. Uh, but uh, we had the boards for it. In fact, I don't know how often we put it in there. We had it in there for a little while. And I played. I played a lot of it. Um, the arcade game was pretty good. It's not the kind of game you want to own, if that makes any sense. Because with unlimited money, you just sit there and play
0: forever, and you it's get really bored. It's the same bored. thing as if you owned a Simpsons or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Well, at least those have a little character, and mm-hmm. this one doesn't have. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a good game. It's a. It's a. It is a classic. Got one. Got two. It's even better.
0: But. Uh, uh, and is there? A, there's an actual end, right? Is there an end screen? I don't. Think so? I don't know. Me, I know I never got there because
1: mm-hmm. my I would be bored and just give up. There, I, I
0: I remember seeing a speed run on the awesome games done quick. God, or how long is the speed run of that? And uh, it was long. It was the NES version, and it was it was it was a long time. I heard it had hundreds of levels. Yeah. So uh, of course there were well, there's warps in it too. So yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, the uh, the arcade version was a classic fun game. So how does the Amiga version stack up? The first thing you hear in the Amiga version when you boot this thing up is this. It's like, but it's the scratchiest. <laughs> it, we talked about we talked about in the in the uh, news a game called World Class Leaderboard Golf. Right when that first came out, it had a a technique they used to feed digitized sound over the PC speaker in your computer. So even if you didn't have a sound card, you would get sound. And, it, like, one of our favorite quotes, he hit, it looks like you hit the tree, Jim. But it would be like, <laughs> looks like you hit the tree, Jim. Mm. That's what the audio in this sounds like. <laughs> I mean, it It is. It sounds like, I mean, this is the Amiga, for God's sakes. You know, the Amiga, mm-hmm. the sound machine. Right, multimedia extravaganza. This sound is hideous. Some of the worst. Um, horrible. No, inexcusable. So, I, the sound stinks. And the problem with that is, is when you start playing the game, the digitized sound that's in it, it's there, but it sounds like that. That real hideous, hissy nastiness. Fail. So that almost is enough for me not to recommend the game. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. That much said, um, when you play this game, you're playing Gauntlet 2. It's very, very similar. It's not quite as sharp, but it's very close. Uh, The... uh, the levels are very similar. In fact, I, the levels I tried were pretty much the same as I remembered them because I knew how to get through a lot of them. The uh, monsters you know, looked good. Everything was detailed. Uh, it played quite well, and uh, um, I was surprised uh, um, how well it was pulled off. Now granted, Gauntlet's an older game, and it was released in 89, so the Amiga had been out for a few years, so the people had a pretty good feel for it, except for the sound, obviously. Uh, but uh, overall i give it a big thumbs up. Uh, this thing, it's funny how many things Gauntlet, you wouldn't think Gauntlet 2 got ported all that much. I never really thought much about it, but it got ported quite a bit. Uh, it was on the Amstrad, uh, CPC, uh, the Atari ST, which pretty much I think all these games are going to be on the Atari ST, which that's a, I'll get into that later. Uh, C64, the Game Boy, the NES. Uh, of course, there's a PC version. A Tandy PC version, which I played, and it had I think it had the exact same sound. <laughs> I remember that that great sound pouring uh, on over the, the ZX Spectrum, of course. Uh, the, uh, the from what whatever, everything I've heard, this thing was uh, uh, was ported. You know, most of these games were native. You know, most of the games I'm covering anyway were native to the Atari ST, which would make sense since it's Atari. Mm-hmm. You know, doing doing the uh, doing the actual uh, game. Uh, I looked at the reviews for this back in the day, and they were actually pretty good. Uh, it was getting, uh, there, you know, between seventy percent and eighty and ninety-four percent. Ninety-four percent was uh, the high one for CU Amiga. I read a couple of these, and people were pretty impressed. Uh, the sound came up uh, uh, quite a bit, uh, but I mean, in terms of frame rate and everything, good game. I mean, if you get past the horrible digitized sound and you're into the gauntlet thing, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I liked it. I played it quite, more than I would have anticipated, mm-hmm. having owned it. Uh, but the, I give it the thumbs up, man. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I had a look on eBay, see what it's going for. And uh, very difficult game to obtain. <laughs> it's expensive. You're looking at about 70 bucks. Ooh, boy. In the US. Uh, it's sold, and it, this is selling for over 40. So these aren't baloney prices. right? Uh, there, there were uh, uh, not as many in the UK. This was a more of an American game that was mm-hmm. that was up there. So, overall, of of the three I picked, this this is probably I'd say number two.
0: So. Okay. Well, are you ready for my first pick? Yeah. Okay. I chose Paperboy. Oh, ah, uh, good choice. I almost picked that one myself. Yeah, I figured, you know. Paperboy, it's bright, it's colorful. <laughs> the Amiga should do a good job yep. with it.
1: Let's check it out. I played. I almost bought a Paperboy uh, one time. Really? It was in a barn. Huh. But, you know, this guy had a big collection of arcade machines. He had an arcade, and he had a barn where he kept the extras. And he had a Star Wars in there, he had a Spy Hunter, and he had a Paperboy. And man, I almost
0: took it home, but uh, we just couldn't get together on the price. Mm. But I always like Paperboy. Yeah, it's a it's a great game. It's a game that I've never played there are some people that swear that you have to play it with the original controls, with the handlebar controls. They're pretty cool. They are cool. I've never once done it though. Really? I, every time that I've played Paperboy, I've just played with the old. We we'll have to go in these or big or arcades and then yeah. go to the Shy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I've got to say the the Amiga port of Paperboy I felt was pretty good. Uh huh. Um, the sound is very slow compared to the. Uh, arcade version or the other ports that I've played and I don't know if that is a function of the emulation or if the sound is just slower Um, but as far as the speed of the game, it's fine the graphics are different than the arcade machine but in some ways they're better. you got to remember Paper War was released in 1984 so it's a pretty early game to have that sort of perspective Um, and um, the Amiga graphics are are drawn in a kind of a different way. Um, all the levels of difficulty are there. the The soundtrack is the same. Um, the one thing that's missing are the digitized voices. So whenever he falls or whatever, he doesn't say "Oh man" or whatever. Wow. Uh, but does it have any digitized sound at all? The dog or anything? I don't think so. I think I, it's just it's just the music playing. I vaguely recall playing this, but it's been so long I don't remember anything about this. I still have the, uh, the obstacle course and stuff. You yeah, know still got the obstacle course. Um, this was published by on the Amiga by Elite, uh, who did a number of other arcade ports. They did Bomb Jack, Buggy Boy, and Ghosts and Goblins. Okay. Um, and it's odd because it was ported pretty late after its release. Uh, it didn't get a release until 1989. and You know, arcade game came out in '84, so that's five years afterwards. Mm. Um, it reviewed pretty pretty sporadically. <laughs> um, Ace and CU Amiga both gave it pretty good scores, 87 and 83. But Amiga Format hated it and gave it a 41. Wow. I looked at the review, and the review was kind of crap. It was like, this game is old, so you shouldn't like it anymore. We need to have new games. that are doing new things. Mm-hmm. And so, for a guy like me... Someone took a stand. Eh? Yeah. For a guy like me that likes old things... Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't hold with that. Yeah, that's that is kind of stupid. Yeah. That would explain the low score. So, how did it control? Um, it controls fine. I mean, you use the joystick up, moves you up, or speeds you up and down, uh, slows you down, left and right. Um, God, there's really not much, you know, as far as the controls go with Paperboy. Um, one thing that I didn't notice that was absent, and it's actually <laughs> absent in almost, I think, in every port that I've played. In the arcade version there's two scores you have your normal score and then you have it's called like the breakage score or something like that so you actually get a separate score uh, display for when you knock windows out of your non subscribers homes and mm. stuff like that um, just a little thing that I noticed um, but other than that it's i mean, not in the Amiga version as well? it's not in the Amiga version mm. and so and I know it's not in the Nintendo version either so just kind of one thing that jumped out at me um, on eBay Uh, Oh, I guess I should explain what Paperboy is. We didn't do that. Yeah, go ahead. So, if you've never played Paperboy before, um, it is, uh, in the early 80s, Atari tasked its programmers to come up with new ideas for games. They were trying to reach out to a broader audience of arcade dwellers. um, And so they said, every game that you make has got to be totally different than any other game that's out there which was great yeah it's a great area. I wish that more people would do that now Yeah, it's the exact opposite now yeah so um, and so somebody came up with this idea of you're a paper boy and you're delivering papers so you traverse along a road in an isometric viewpoint um, and you're basically tossing papers out to your left and you've got subscribers homes and non-subscribers homes and the subscribers homes you're trying to hit their doorstep or for the big points throw it into their mailbox non-subscribers homes get the old paper through the window uh there <laughs> are a, there's a multitude of things trying to get in your way uh <laughs> up to and including death incarnate yeah with the sickle and everything i like the, the i
1: like the uh, the guys fighting
0: mm-hmm. i thought that's
1: funny the, the
0: dog the, the yep. guy with the remote control car mm-hmm. there's a little the bit kid of everything on the, the kid on the big, big wheel, wheel. yeah yep. a little bum uh, not to mention cars that are parked in the street, cars pulling out of their driveways. Does yeah. this one have bees? Uh, it's got bees in it. Yep. Is this? I wonder if this runs on the same
1: hardware as uh, Seven Twenty. I think it does. Uh-huh, I, I bo- think it does. Yeah. I think
0: it's System Two. No, System
1: it's, Two is the, is uh, Marble Madness. It might right. be System One.
0: Are you sure? I think I, had, I, I used think to so. have a System Two. I think I think all those games. Marble Allow Madness, Seven Twenty. Well, all right, salty. Seer while you keep going. Okay. Um, so that's and then at the end of the course. Uh, at the end of the street you basically cover two blocks so there's a busy intercession you've got to pass at the end of the two blocks there's an obstacle course where you're basically throwing papers at um, targets you're ramping over things and at the end of that there are bleachers set up where people will cheer for you if you make it through the obstacle course within a set amount of time Um, the game's played over a five-day period um, if you don't lose a, you know, you can lose up to a certain number of subscribers per day before you die. Uh, if you run out of lives by crashing too often, you also lose your your. You have to deposit another quarter. It's a great game. It's an arcade classic. Um, you were correct, by the way. But system two wasn't system one. Better? System one, no system one is. Bef- oh wow, I'm really rusty on
1: this. I didn't realize that uh, Paperboy came out later than Marvel Madness and.
0: Uh, some of the other I didn't know that I thought games. Marvel Madness was a System 2 game but guess not um, so that is uh, oh and I looked this up on eBay and it is a rather expensive game to buy complete uh, one just sold here in the United States for 56 bucks including shipping wow is that yeah. boxed yeah boxed <clears throat> You like this one, then, huh? I? I like Paperboy. Um, it's probably my, my number two game, also, on, the on, list. Your, on your list.
1: <laughs> I like Paperboy in the arcade, and it's I like playing it on main, but it's kind of hard. I, it's not the same. It isn't the same without the bike handlebars, and I agree with the guy. Mm-hmm. Whoever said that, you're right, guy. <laughs> <So.
0: sighs> well, What's your number two game?
1: <clears throat> this is the only game that I currently still own. Although I'm crying like gangbusters to get it out of there, I, I already know what it yeah, is. This is hard driving. Uh, <clears throat> for some reason, I thought maybe we mentioned. It seems like we mentioned this on a show a long time ago, or did something, but we-, we never have. I look. Yeah, no. I could have sworn we did. So hard driving came out in the Amiga in in uh, nineteen ninety. This game was when it came out in the arcade. It was a bit of a of a history maker, in my opinion. This was a re- if you haven't played it. And it came out. In, I think it came out in three different cabinet forms. There was a stand-up steering wheel version. There was a half cockpit version, mm-hmm. and then there was a full set-down, huge environmental environmental version, which is a awesome machine to have. the uh, The gimmick behind hard driving. This was Atari's attempt to make a real-world driving simulator. <clears throat> uh, that would. I mean, this this thing was so accurate. It was used in there. Was specialized versions used in drivers' ed and mm-hmm. stuff. It's a real accurate uh, simulation of a car. Uh, that's the best they could do. Uh, you sit down. You you pick between standard and automatic. Now, if you pick standard, you've got the same exact you know clutch, brake gimmick with the shit, the gear shift, the whole nine yards. Uh, it also had a full feedback uh, steering wheel, and I mean feedback. It's like you were in a car. This thing can rip your arm off <laughs> and having worked on this thing if you saw the the nutty setup think lots of chains and sprockets i mean it's the craziest setup i've ever seen uh, inside of an arcade machine uh, it is really bizarre but the, the graphics are sort of uh uh they're 3d gra- graphics in the in the sort of remedial style of the day uh, polygonal yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of something that would be sort of the equivalent. If, if you ever played it's like, Sega, um, it's like Virtual Racer, but it's much worse than Virtual Racer. It's very much more blocky, but it, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And in the arcade, this area, I can tell you firsthand because I own this game plus a, a replacement board for it. These boards are huge. Atari must have paid a fortune to get these things made, they're the second biggest boards I've ever seen.
0: What are the biggest sports you've ever the seen? The
1: biggest sports I ever saw was that were in Primal Rage. Mm. It was a massive, another Atari game. Atari wasn't a miniaturization, man. They wanted the big dog. Um, so you get in this game, and you even have to turn a key to start the car. Wow. which I always thought that was That's neat. Cool. And then you start the car. You pick your, your standard automatic, and then you're driving. And it says 3, 2, 1, go. And you're really on a – you're sort of like on a public road, effectively. And you drive up, and it gives you the choice if you go right – around this curve there's a stunt track if you keep one straight it's a speed track so there's really two different tracks in one and then the uh, the speed track just like banked you're just hauling as much ass as you can to get a a fast time and other cars are coming at you including in your lane sometimes you've got to kind of dodge them and the 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 stunt track is much wackier you come over a bridge you go through a a loop-de-loop you know and you come up around a real huge bank turn and uh, you're on the stunt track, it's different. And then you fin- you run your laps, and then you finish up, and if you have a score that's good enough, you get to go and, and race again. Um, again, this is revolutionary at, in the time that it came out. Uh, I read a lot of reviews of this, not just the Amiga version, just the, and people hated it. Uh, it hasn't aged well, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, uh, they look at it, it's real primitive, like, oh, look at this. It still is very accurate game. I mean, it's really, I really dig it personally. So that's why I thought I'm going to pick this because I don't think it's going to get covered by anybody anytime soon. So this thing, like I said, runs on a huge board. Uh, in the uh, it's a sandwich of boards actually in the arcade machine. So how does it play on the media where you've got it one sixty eight thousand, which is I mean you're talking nowhere near the processing power uh, of a uh, of, of of the arcade machine. Well. You know, overall, it played pretty well. Actually, I was sort of surprised uh, how well it played. Now, I remember liking this game when I had, had used it back in the old days on the Amiga. I kind of thought it was kind of a neat game. Uh, the guy that did it was a guy named Jurgen Friedrich. I believe it's the last is the way you pronounce it. Jurgen Friedrich. Jurgen Friedrich. Uh, he did uh, Hard Driving and Hard Driving 2, uh, which. Uh, also had played before and it was fun. I, I'm not going to cover it now, but it was. I always enjoyed it. He also did Stun Runner for the Amiga, which I had a look at. Just you know, I'm not going to review it, but it's it fun. And he also did Star Wars, which we both like. Star mm-hmm. Wars. But we'll probably get into that one these times. He also did the graphics, so he was a one-man band uh, on the on these things. Of course, the graphics, the way they are, you don't really bring in a guy to do them. It's mm-hmm. not like there's a bunch of sprites. Um, <coughs> so in this version of the game, you can still pick between standard and automatic. Uh, I always play automatic, and so I'm not 100%. I'm I'm guessing if you're going to play standard, you're going to have to use the keyboard. This game defaults to the mouse as a controller. That was no good for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, the mouse gives you analog control, Mm -hmm. so it makes sense. Right. And you can play it with the mouse and do a pretty good job. Um, It doesn't play real fast, but the arcade's not real fast either. It's, you know, you'll be going. 80 or 90 and it won't feel like it mm. <gasps> they don't get the sense of the, speed
0: the frame rate is, is it's low is, yeah
1: but again you're pushing a lot of, of, a lot uh, of data through there <clears throat> even with the amiga Amiga is not um, obviously this is a remedial 3d machine mm-hmm. um a lot of the stuff that i remember in the arcade game is in this a lot of, i mean the track is about the same um there's often this truck that comes along in the damn loop in your lane and I'm telling you it's just like in the arcade it drives me nuts trying to dodge this sucker uh, and it looks good I mean the, the, of course you've got less resolution you've got uh, you've got less you've got really, the ability to uh, to uh, see far ahead is low you know you could probably see a lot further in the arcade but I've also played this in the Genesis and that, now that version gets killed people hate that It's not as good. I think the Amiga's got a pretty good version of it. There were some things missing. Uh, The most notable thing was uh, when you get killed in the arcade and in the Amiga version, there's an instant replay of your death, right? And it shows it from like the third person perspective. Which I always Mm like. But in the Amiga version, in the arcade version, you get this awesome little theme, it sounds
0: like the Winfield Middle School fights. Well, no, it's not.
1: It's hard <laughs> to explain, but it's it's like I always love this theme. It, it's and my brother's the same way. Always, <laughs> it, it's the loser theme when they play this little theme that means you just got wrecked. It's real traumatic sound. like, Oh crap! No theme when the Amiga. That was a real letdown, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, the uh, there are some tricks and stuff that you just can't replicate. You know on the Amiga, and this isn't the kind of game you're going to sit around and play for hours and hours, but um, if you're into hard driving in the arcade and and you're, it's 1990 or whatever, pretty good facsimile. I mean, you're not going to have much better in that era, mm-hmm. you know, overall. Um, <clears throat> this is another game that got ported to a ton of stuff. Of course, Atari was whoring their stuff left and right, they wanted that money. right? Um,
0: now, was this another clone, or was this another port of the ST version? Do you think? Um, I'm not one. Mark did was publish this one, uh, and
1: the uh, um, the uh, the developer on this they they've got it written up as unknown. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. I looked at a couple of places trying to find who developed it. I'm assuming it was just this guy. I don't, I'm not one hundred percent sure. Um, the uh, um, so I'm not sure where it came from originally. The, uh, it was out on the Amstrad. I mean, it's pretty much the same stuff we mentioned Amstrad. This one came on the Lynx, which I'm going to, have to check that out. Man. I got to see what that looks yeah. like on the Lynx. Uh, of course, Atari ST, C64, uh, PCs, the Genesis, like I mentioned, AKA the Mega Drive. Uh, this thing was featured in a ton of compilations. I remember seeing this on compilation disc, too, because I guess it's not huge, so that you can actually fit it on, like, two discs, I mean, one disc with two games mm-hmm. on it. Um it's the it's uh, sequel had it had a sequel called Hard Driving Two, which I'm assuming wouldn't have came out if Hard Driving One that was at least mostly successful. Mm-hmm. Then they had a game called Race Driving, in the arcade, and, and it was on here as well. And uh, uh, it was sort of a chip upgrade, and it was pretty good. You know I played that in the arcade too. Uh, the uh, but overall you know what I recommended, it's, it's tough. I remember playing this in the old days on my uh, uh, 1,000. It didn't run as good as it does now. So, for me, it ran pretty good. For uh, people with an older chipset or no acceleration, it might not be as much fun. The uh, hit detection's off. Uh, sometimes you'll crash and you'll be not close to the guy. Mm-hmm. That's a pain. Uh, I, the uh, the analog with the mouse, like I said, I can understand why they did it, but it's not easy to, to control. Um, score wise review wise on this thing uh, actually it did pretty well 80s and 90s. of course there's always someone that hates everything in this case it was given a 50 by mega format so and I read that review and they didn't like it you know, pure and simple. Um, eBay there were none of these available in the US which I thought was interesting because it did have a United States release. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are going for uh, 25 to 30 bucks. US shipped and they've been selling for that. So that's your going rate right on that. But like I said, if you're in the arcade, it's fun for a, it's a fun diversion. You'll probably got a little longer, but this is still pretty fun. So, but of the three games I did, this is probably
0: my least favorite. Well, my second slot, we should have just called this the Atari Port Show. <laughs> I've got another Atari game. Uh, I decided to go and check out the Amiga version of Tubin. Oh, I see. Now this is a game I almost did because I love this game, but I never owned it. But I loved it. So uh, this was a uh, DoMark. We just talked yep. about them. A, a DoMark release. They did Hard Driving, Clacks, Stun Runner, um, and this was this came out two years after the arcade version. So not too long after the arcade version. Um, <laughs> Tubin is a game where you're basically it's a vertical setup. You are drifting down the screen. Um, and traversing a river that is fraught with peril. Uh, there are slalom uh, kind of gates that you can go under. This is a two-player... um has a two-player uh, simultaneous option where you can go against a friend. And um, either... I guess there's not really much working together in Cuban. You're pretty much just out for blood the whole time. You can even kind of whack
1: your buddy. Yeah. And you can yeah. also,
0: as I recall... T- you can stop me if I'm wrong, but every time you go to a gate, it gets smaller, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And well, so- what happens is it gets... It, every time you go through a gate, it gets smaller. But if you if you bump the sides of the gate, it gets larger. But the points that are possible for going through the gate get lower. yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also cans you can throw at your body <laughs> and stuff <laughs> yes. like that. Um, so uh, the there's two there's two tubers, uh, Biff or Jet. So those are I guess awesome. I'm guessing Biff's the white guy. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, and uh, they're in search of the most outrageous party they can find, according to the instruction manual, which, I mean, why not look for a party on a raging river? Yeah, that explains um, all the floating cans. Yeah, so um, eventually, you know, you start out on kind of a normal river, but you end up going to all kinds of crazy places, like there's one on Mars, or, you know, there's, there's <laughs> all... you, like, float through hell at one yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really insane what you can do. Um, and uh, if you start to get behind, there's a huge alligator that will come up and devour <laughs> you if you uh, if you get too far behind. Um, I really really love this arcade game. It's one of, one of the best. Um, the Amiga version <coughs> falls flat for a couple reasons. One, it's got quite possibly the most pathetic attempt at digitized speech on a title screen of all time. So, the uh, the arcade machine you fire it up and it's like Biff or could be Jet. He goes, whoa, or something like that. And the Amiga version is more like, whoa. <laughs> it just sounds like he's in pain. <laughs> so wow, that doesn't exactly get you off to the races. No. The graphics are not great in the Amiga version. They could have been better. I feel like they didn't utilize the uh, the power of the Amiga. Um, but the thing where this game really falls apart are the controls. Uh, the defaults control to the joystick. Uh, Tubin is a game that is best played with a, um, with two buttons. Yeah you've got pedal left and paddle right and then you tap them both at the same time to paddle forward. Is, was there a throw button as well? Yeah, there's also yeah. a throw button, that's true. I remember. That. Um, in the Amiga version, like I said, you, the joystick, you paddle or you hit back, you push back to paddle and then left and right to paddle left and right. Um, it feels terrible. And it's not fun. Um, you can also push down to paddle backward, which I don't know why you'd want to do that. Um, and oh, yeah. No, I used to paddle backwards. So if you missed a gate or something. You yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Or if you could add a dead end. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But it just doesn't feel right. Uh, I was very glad on limited Amiga to look at the instruction manual and discover that you can change the control setting to the keyboard. But unfortunately, the system does not... It screws up a lot and if you try and paddle forward by hitting the two buttons simultaneously, it just won't take a lot of the time. It'll just one or the other. So you end up having to do a left, right, left, right, try and balancing out. Thing. Mm. And that kills a lot of the fun of the game. Um, overall, the music's not bad. It's, it, sounds, it sounds like the arcade game. Um, but because the controls are so bad compared to the arcade machine, I can't really recommend anybody seek this one out. Um, this is also uh, a game that apparently nobody wants because on eBay people are trying to get rid of this thing, people are trying to pay you to take this game. Oh, really? Um, yeah, there are several copies available for less than ten dollars, uh, with like five dollars shipping that have gone unsold. Mm. You know, I, I, much
1: like yourself, in the arcade, I was a real fan of this game. And, and the thing is, it wasn't popular. In fact, I'm, I was surprised, I remember when this came out in the meek, and I was very pleased to get hold of it. And... Um, uh, I was stunned. I was like, "Man, how did this get ported?" Because even back then, I knew it wasn't like I never saw anyone playing. It. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, "I was like, man, this is a great idea for a game." Yeah. And like you said, you go down this river, and the river looks good. The arcade version, and so you get down those waterfalls, and it's they, and it, there's a lot to do. You know, there's stuff floating around. You've got to avoid you know jagged stuff so you don't get hit, hung up, and you have to. And the cans you can throw. I always thought and two, and two players simultaneous, super original, mm-hmm. nothing like it. And uh, I thought, man, what a great game. Honestly, though, it's been so long since i played the Amiga, I really don't remember any of it. So I'm looking forward to actually giving it a shot. Uh, but I do remember having trouble controlling. That's one thing I do remember about it. And this is another one where you could make that real simple and just let two players were both worth the keyboard. You'd be fine. You don't mm. even need the joystick at all. to right. do it that way. It's a shame they botched that.
0: Yeah, and like I said, they it was good on them for doing, the, uh, for doing giving you a keyboard option. And both players can control using the keyboard but the fact that you can't, and I don't know, it might be a hardware fault in the Amiga. Not a fault, but it, it may just not be able to register multiple key presses. Did you try it on the actual
1: Amiga? No. On the actual Amiga?
0: I'm Meant to fire that up. and have a look. But uh, still a great game. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, and the reviews were kind, mostly. Uh, just like the last one you did. Uh, they were all pretty good, except for one. Uh, they were all scored in the 70s and 80s, but Amiga Power uh, gave it a 39. So yeah, there's impressed. always there's always one in mm-hmm. there, right?
1: That's a good that's a good pick. I I I bought that long and hard, but it it didn't fit my theme. I was like, wow. well, I'll get it next time. So that that's a good choice. All right, we're down to the last one. Okay, my, my last one is the only one of the few arcade games I've owned twice. I've actually uh we had it in when I lived in Lexington, and when I had to move, we sold it, and then when we got back to what's we did. We bought it again, and I ended up selling it again. That game is Road Blasters. Uh, again Atari <clears throat> sorry I didn't mean to do Atari themed show but I just have known a lot of Atari games over the years you're only one away from doing a racing game <laughs> yeah, show, too. yeah. Um, Road Blasters <clears throat> uh, came out on the Amiga uh, in 88 so it's an earlier one um, the, the, the gimmick behind Road Blasters is you have the steering wheel not really it's more of a I don't know how you would describe what you control it's it like with. a yoke it is it's sort of like the Star Wars thing mm-hmm. in some ways or stun right it just
0: doesn't have a like
1: yeah it's not a wheel, but you still turn it like this mm-hmm. but it's got triggers and <clears throat> you're on a uh, uh, on a road that go that go that go you're driving forward and and you're trying to avoid or shoot oncoming uh, you know traffic as you pass it that the things that you can
0: uh, shoot their cars motorbikes and it's just, a imagine if you had a gun in pole position and yeah that's kind of yeah watches. yeah yeah very similar Um, And there are turrets
1: and stuff and stuff's trying to shoot you. Uh, Added things to make it a little more interesting are you have a set amount of fuel and every time you hit a checkpoint you'll get a refuel. Then you can also pick up these orbs that float by on the the, uh, road and they give you fuel. And you can also, sometimes you'll shoot a vehicle and there'll be an orb where it was and you can pick the orb up. And uh, uh, It's like Pac-Man in a car, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And then... Occasionally, a uh, a plane will fly over, a futuristic plane, and it will drop some sort of a weapon or a turbo boost or a you know uh, some kind of super oozy or something to to help you kill more or go faster. Generally, you know, is what you get. And then you uh, you you drive through these futuristic cities. Uh, pretty much, I mean, you really they're in the background. Really, you're sort of just driving through fields. Sometimes they're like. A lot of times you'll get the green field, and if you get up there a little bit further, they kind of get gray, and there's some red, kind of
0: lava-y mm-hmm. looking field. And in the background, you have this kind of futuristic cityscape right. too. Yeah, right? it's like uh, it looks. It reminds me of Moon Patrol, sort mm-hmm. of, the kind of future. Or town. if you played, uh, if you've played Lotus Three, the do you remember the future? The, the, the future, future city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated the, the
1: roadway in that though. It was the, the checkerboard mm-hmm. stuff. It was, yeah. I didn't like it. Um, this game shipped on one disc, which I think every one of these that we did was on one. Uh, this one was put out by a... a, a it was published by US Gold. Uh, and it was developed by Probe. Now, Probe was a pretty big, pretty, pretty big developer. They did uh, Golden Axe. They did a bunch of stuff. The, the highlights that I picked out were Golden Axe. Uh, they did the Mortal Kombat. They did the Outruns. Outrun your open Outrun. Um, and they did They did also stuff on the PC. They, they did a lot of... They, I think they actually did the... Uh, Mortal Kombat's on the PC as well. Okay. So I think they did a lot, a lot of those. Um, the, uh, the the arcade version, it's like I said, I've owned it twice. You had uh, a gas pedal and you had your your controller. That's what you had. You had a fire button on it. Um, it's a simple game, but it's fun. And the fun comes from, it's sort of like a racing game and a shooting game. Uh, like boats, that sort of like pole position with guns. The uh, actually, it would remind you. Really, it sort of plays more like turbo with guns, just because you can see a little bit further than you can in pole position. Um, I liked it quite a bit. We ended up selling it twice, purely for it's not because we didn't like it. And I played the hell out of this thing, so I was interested to see what they were going to do with this one. Now, <clears throat> I, I did read that this one was a direct uh, port from the Atari ST. Oh, okay. okay. Now, I mentioned this earlier in the show, a lot, a lot of, of uh, in fact, I would say oh, probably well over half of the games on my list that are ports were, a lot of this stuff came from the ST, or they were ported over. And a lot of these, and I went through more games than just what we did. I actually went to a bunch of games just to look at them. A lot of these ports aren't that great. And uh, the, the everyone's main culprit is this conversion from the ST. Uh-huh. Um, Atari had no reason to give you a good conversion on the Amiga or Tengen because that's Atari as well uh-huh. when they're pitching the ST the last thing they want to do is put out a version of their game that's better on the Amiga uh-huh. so I would say at best these are as good as the ST versions this one's no exception um, this thing runs pretty well but the frame rate could have been better uh, The uh, there are little issues with this that make it that draw on my ability to enjoy it. For starters, uh, like I said, the frame rate could be better. Secondly, the, uh, the, one of the main aspects of this game is picking up the fuel. You, you need to pick up the fuel to keep going in the game or you're out of gas. Um, the fuel dots are very in color. There's a red one and there's sort of a green one. In the Amiga version, the green ones look exactly like the the grass on the oh, level you're wow. on, and it makes them so hard to see. Mm-hmm. And even the red ones are hard to see. When you play this in the arcade, they're perfectly obvious from way off, and so it made it very difficult to get these. <coughs> um, the uh, The funny thing about it is, despite that, I could crush this game. I played on my very first attempt. I went. I got to level fifteen. Before I lost a man, a single guy, which is something else that's odd. You get all these extra men. I had extra men. I could have played probably forever on this thing. I just thought it was real simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arcade, when you first start on it, is no easy task. It's not the hardest game, but it's not something you could just crush. I mean, the Amiga version, I was just destroying this thing. It's not like I'm a great hand; that I'm okay. You know, too easy. Which, how often do you say that on the Amiga? Not often. <clears throat> um, aside from the fact that you've got to put up with um, you know, shooting cars and, and whatnot. You've got indestructible cars to deal with. You've got uh, mounted torrent, torrents uh, on the side of the road that shoot. You've also got uh, land mines you have to get around. Uh, you have to kind of just maneuver around them. And if you get up far enough, there are these kind of little cars that kind of come from behind. You have to kind of dodge those. Everything that I remembered from the arcade machine as far as I got into it was there. The uh, scenario changes the uh, different weapons the different oh another thing I should mention uh, the little cop the little plane that comes down that drops weapons all right in the arcade it's a big almost looks like a drone like you would see today that comes down it drops this big old thing and you have to get your car under the thing to get it to attach to your car and the immediate, sort of spy spy 500s it yeah it's instead of the truck you mm-hmm. have to, it just drops it and it attaches mm-hmm. to your car in the Amiga version, it, the, the little thing comes over your car and it drops the weapon, but the weapon is super duper tiny. <laughs> it doesn't have the big base like you did in the arcade. It's just a little tiny thing, and you have to get your car right under it. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, uh, and which I think that's a little silly. They, that doesn't it seems like that, it's laziness, mm-hmm. you know. And there, maybe there's a programming reason, but I couldn't figure out what it was wrong. But it was real tough to get these weapons under your car. And of course, in the, <clears throat> in the arcade version. You've got a separate button to fire that weapon. and me, you just have to sort of <laughs> get, you know right. do your best. Um, overall, this was actually, despite the fact that i in bad mouth, this is, of the three, this is probably my favorite. Uh, it was pretty close to the arcade. Uh, it, it had everything I liked for the thing. It had, like I said, it had a few screw-ups, but uh, it didn't make it unplayable. It came close. The fuel thing's a real problem, uh, but uh, uh, it was okay. Uh, this game was released on a ton of systems, uh, the Amstrad, again, the uh, Lynx, which I have played it on the Lynx. It's pretty good. Uh, the ST, the C64, the Nintendo, which they, their version is not that great. The Sega, Master System, or the Sega uh, Genesis slash Mega Drive one is okay. i played it on there, too. It was okay. I thought that was one of their better ones. Um, the, uh, I had a look at the uh, reviews on this one. It reviewed not that good. In fact, it was. It's funny. The one I liked the most was the reviewed. It was pretty much hated. Uh, you've got a 45, a, 35, a sixty. You know, six out of ten. Mm. You know, so it, this was not a popular game when it was released. And if you think about when it was released, I don't, I thought it felt pretty good. I really I'm surprised how much people hated it. You know, um, on eBay, um, you're for just the disc. You're paying thirteen to twenty shipped. The box. I saw one boxed. 22 bucks and it was all these were in the UK there was nothing in the States no surprise there so uh, what should you pick this one up you know if you like road blasters yeah I'd give it a shot it's pretty it's a pretty uh, it's pretty faithful uh, the music's pretty good you know it's not hideous digitized garbage like the other ones so they you know which is odd again it's, it's not as old it's older but uh, uh, if you can get over some of the little foibles it's not bad so yeah. I'll give a thumbs
0: up cool my final game is uh, my favorite arcade game. You do know, Run do Run? Do Run Run. Oh, I knew it. So I already did an Amigos plays of this, but I had to bring it back because it's just it's too good. And it's so obscure. You know, this game is so obscure to get an Amiga port. It's just it's so
1: strange to me because, as you know, I love Mr. Do, I love Mr. Do's Castle. Mm-hmm. Both those games are more successful than Do
0: Run Run. Right. So why do Run Run get the nod over those two games? The world will never know. It's baffling to me. Yeah. This was published in 1990 by Electro Coin Software, who also did the port of Time Soldier. Um, and uh, and this is the the gap, the longest gap between arcade release and uh, port. This was a full six years after its arcade release. <laughs> <laughs> there was a it was a clamoring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People we are need just Mr. Do <laughs> gathering outside <laughs> of Electric Coins offices with with, and so um, this game is the, definitely the most obscure game that we've talked about tonight in terms of um, there were no reviews of this game in any magazines that I could find. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I wasn't able to see if anybody else liked it. Uh, the, the 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 game itself is like a combination of kicks and Pac Man and Uh, the original Mr. Dude. Yeah, I was wondering how you were going to explain this. I'm looking forward to this. So it's like kicks because you're trying to uh, you maneuver your clown around these stages and you're trying to box in certain areas. When you box in certain areas the whole stage is covered with uh, sort of like power pellet looking things. When you box in an area it turns into a different kind of fruit and at that point it's worth more money if you pick it up and you can keep boxing in the same areas five or six times and the fruit will continue to upgrade. In the meantime, while that's going on, you've got these enemies that are hunting you, and um, they're kind of randomly walking around the screen. And you can uh, shoot your ball at them like you do in the other Mr. Do games. Um, What's interesting is that this is a uh, sort of 3D play field where you have raised areas and lowered areas. And so if, you, um, you know, as you're, if you're being chased by a bad guy and you have to walk up a hill, you're going to move slower and he has a better chance to catch you. Uh, you can turn your ball loose and have it bounce back and forth against the, the, the walls of the stage. And every time that it bounces back and forth before it hits an enemy, it acts as a multiplier. Um, Mm. The the thing that I like about this game is there's so many different ways to score points and there's so many different ways to complete stages that it continuously makes it interesting. Uh, There's also two logs on every stage and you can kind of trip, you can kind of set the log rolling and whatever enemies it it rolls over you'll get points based off that. At a completed stage you can either uh, get all of the power pellets on the level or you can defeat all of the monsters. Or at certain points in the level, uh, you'll have these little um, this. this circle will appear on the playfield with a letter in it. If you trip that, uh, these other monsters will come out, and followed by a letter that's walking around with arms and legs. If you destroy that letter, then um, then you'll get uh, it's part of the word extra. This is the thing with all a bunch of Universal <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, If you spell extra, then the stage automatically ends and you get treated to a little cutscene where you earn an extra Mr. Dude. This is, out of the three games that I played, this is the most faithful arcade adaptation. But at the same time, we're talking about an arcade game from 1984. So it was no great feat for the Amiga to kind of ape technology that old compared to some of these other games. But even saying all that, uh, you know anybody can screw up a port, and they didn't screw this one up. The only thing that's a little bit weird is the way that you approach the logs when you're walking under a log. Uh, the, the, the 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 sprites kind of clash a little bit, and sometimes it's hard to know exactly where you are. But other than that, it's pretty spot on. For real, I remember. It seems like on your Amiga's play, you were disappointed in this one. Oh. Uh. I, don't know. I thought there was one glaring. Is that the log thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's the log I thing. Say. So if you're if you play at a high level like I do in Do Run Run, he is the man. Um, then you, you know things like that upset you. But if you're the casual player, you're not going to notice. So yeah, I would. I think Do Run Run's great. You should try the main version. You should try the Amiga version. Um, if you want to try the real physical copy, you're going to be paying some money. Um, there are there have been no sold copies of Do Run Run on eBay. Uh, however long they keep track of that, but there are two up. One is up for ninety bucks, and the other one is up for like a hundred and sixty. It's boxed, yeah, boxed. So you should get that. Man. I would love, 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 love <laughs> Just to, to have. Yourself, yeah, you know? I mean, this we're talking about. You know, I have the I have the marquee over there um, for well, the arcade machine. Did you write down what this was ported to? Uh, I mean, this can't be that many ports, is there? Yeah, I don't. You know, I didn't. I didn't write down if it had any other ports. Other I mean, than this I, the one. other I could, even know, the Wikipedia page I don't think lists the ports. Did, did the uh, NES have one? I mean, no, you know a lot about the that. Super Nintendo got a port of Mr. Do, and right. it's actually very expensive. Um, aside from that, where well, there was the Neo Mr. Do for the Neo Geo, right. I don't think any other systems got a port. It's possible that you know how the Game Boy Advance later on, like many years down the road, got a bunch of arcade ports. But as far as classic systems go, Mr. Dew didn't get a whole lot of love. Did uh, Dew? Did Do- oh, I, I'm sure. Actually, I take that back. I bet Mr. Dew and Mr. Dew's Castle were ported to the I have Mr. Do for the click of it. And I think I had Mr. Do's But Dew's I don't castle. think Do Run Run got ported no, to it. I don't think, I think this might be the only system that Do Run Run got <laughs> I mean, ported to. So weird. Maybe this and like the MSX or the Sharp X68 or something, one of those now, you know, Japanese systems. We were talking
1: about doing a show about clone games. There were some clones. Was there at least one clone of the Oh, Mr. yeah. It was, it
0: was called like Crazy Frank's Fruit Factory or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So we'll have to check that out when we do our clone show. I mean, show. it's just
1: wow, so so strange. Yeah. And, and and what year did this came out?
0: Nineteen ninety.
1: That this is the oddball of the group. It is. You it know is. Well, I mean, I will. It's I haven't looking through the, um, the uh, log of Amiga, uh, ports. You know, from the arcade, there are some real odd ones. Uh, you know, uh, some real obscure arcade games. And of course, now we're American. You uh, know, and. Uh, and uh, uh, Apparently, some of these games were way more popular in Europe, so like New Zealand stories and mm-hmm. then we didn't get much over here. Yeah. But, I mean, I saw some stuff on there. It was so obscure, I couldn't even believe how obscure it was. So, we'll, we'll definitely have to come back and touch on that. And I was thinking, you know, if anyone out there has uh, one of these ports that they're dying to have us look at, you know, give us a, drop us a line, and we'll add it to the list, and maybe we'll do like a Reader's Choice or yeah, be Listener's really fun. Choice port show. There so, I mean, there's, there's just so, so many. many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just picked out six. Like I said, I just picked out six that I three I owned. There are more that I own, so I could probably do a whole other show on, on ones I owned uh, that uh, I had a look at. I looked at a bunch of these ports,
0: though, and it was it was uh, eye opening to yeah. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So before before we before we start to wrap up the show, I've posited this to you before, and I'm just going to reposit it now. Okay. Okay. 1984 was the greatest single year in arcade game history. Okay? I want to read you a list of titles that came out in 1984. All right. Okay? Kung Fu Master. I love that game. Marble Madness. Love that one. Paperboy. Great. 1942. Not bad. Karate Champ. Love that. Circus Charlie. Interesting. Punch Out. Great. The Three Stooges. Uh, that's dropping the version. mic right there. The arcade version, not, not my <laughs> I've favorite. Ne- I've never played the arcade version. Yeah, of it's, it's not like the that's cinema not- version. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, I challenge
1: you. I would argue that '83 had was a bigger year. Okay. Uh, as I recall, '83 had Galaga. I believe '83 had. Let me see. I believe '83 had Galaga. Miss Pac-Man. No, definitely not. Uh, Miss Pac-Man is '81. When does Twin Tron come out? I don't know. I'll tell but you it's what I, a great we,
0: game Yeah Is it really? I love
1: Tron I mean I really love it And I love discs of Tron too It's a great game I love that game okay. I owned it Okay I'll come back next week And I'll have I, I'll, I'll I challenge a you Yeah
0: Compile a list of I your will. Your single greatest year I will year. I don't
1: want you to throw out titles I will come out. Don't get me wrong That was a hell of a list Don't get me wrong But I think 83 tops
0: it I didn't even go into This was the year that all The Nintendo versus cabinets Were released too I hated those that's why I didn't go. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. um, so we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys help make this show possible. Uh, Graham W. Wabke, I know I'm not pronouncing that right, right, but we thank you for your support. Uh, Sebastian Kiernan, Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rullo, Colbjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley. Chris Foles, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. And if you'd like to support the Amigos, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Guess what we're going to do next week, Aaron? I have no idea. You said it yourself, and you didn't even know it. All right. World Championship Leaderboard Golf. Golf? We're doing golf. We're doing a golf game. All right. Which one of those?
1: Aren't those two world world class class leaderboard golf? Yeah. What was you? I I said a bunch of different
0: words that were not that. World class. You know, we haven't done. Have we done? We have not done any golf game. I did an Amigos plays a Nick Faldo's game. That Nick Faldo. That's one of our biggest hitters. Yeah. Why is that? You think? It's because I think a lot of people search Nick Faldo on YouTube and they come across that. Well, that's that's probably right, but that's a very lame. (laughs) That's a lame reason. Well, you remember the guy on Facebook thought I was Nick though. That's awesome. But yeah, you know, you could have milked that, made an endorsement. Could have. Did you see that? Did you see the thing? Have you? Uh, I don't know. You probably haven't watched TV today. Um, I just heard it on the radio. There was a guy. You know, the the Ryder Cup. Are you familiar with I that? I know what you're talking about. The guy okay. that,
1: that jumped out of the crowd, made yeah. the putt. Yeah. Know, yeah, that so was high. We, can, we can tell
0: we can tell our listeners about it just because it's a cool story. So. Normally, you know, in golf, it's not a real crowd participation event. But this was a practice round. This wasn't the Real Ryder Cup, but they had an audience. And uh, one of the European guys was getting ready to to square up. And a a heckler basically just said, I can make that putt. And the the guy said, all right, come on out. And so he came on out. And, uh, of course, nobody thought he was going to make it. It's not an easy putt, 12-foot putt. And uh, he sank it. And uh oh and before that the the player took a $100 bill and just laid it on the ground right next to the ball. I mean, yeah. just a classic. There's been some great moments in sports this, this past week. Um the first the, the, that and of course the um Ferreira, all the stuff around him, the pitcher that died, did you see? That's a real bummer. Yeah, I mean, that's not great, but it's real emotional moments in sports when the guy came up and uh Be
1: careful, a, be know. careful on boats.
0: Yeah. Boat, yeah. You know. Don't don't run your boat full speed. Yeah, I have many many fears of the water, and uh, I don't I don't often boat. It's ironic, isn't it? It is ironic. My boat's a car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.